Green Teacher's main office is located on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, and Mississauga peoples. This territory is covered by the Williams Treaty. So we're going to do something a little differently in this episode. We're not just going to ask questions and answer. We're actually going to simulate a virtual experience. We are going to engage in an activity together called My New Best Friend. We can use something as simple as my new best friend to generate that energy and that perpetual forward momentum with our environment, with each other, with ourselves. And it was this authentic learning aha moment, uncovering your own misconceptions, grappling through those misconceptions in a real way that then allows you to put yourself in the position of learner that your kids might be experiencing. Testing, testing. Hey, I'm Ian. And I'm Sophia. And welcome to Talking with Green Teachers. This is the Environmental Education Podcast, where we discuss recent developments, big ideas, and creative approaches to teaching green. In this episode... It's really fun, just like how we just engage in that every time we do an activity such as this. It's always exciting to hear what other people pull out, the things that speak to them. And it's also fun to see teachers put on that hat of learner and have those aha moments and those like sparks that we all have within us. And sometimes just, mm -hmm. we just need practice releasing them and practice using them. And an example I think about is we were doing a teacher workshop earlier this summer. It's your first time at Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. You've just finished a fruitful session of searching for salamanders, and now it's time to settle into a seat spot. This is the perfect place, with an enchanting dusk chorus as a soundscape. Annie Roth is manager of the teacher network at the Tremont Institute in Great Smoky Mountains National Park. She joined Ian to conduct a virtual learning session, unpack the value of teachers as learners, and discuss regenerative education. So Tremont is an RELC, a RELC. Let's start with what is a RELC? Yeah, so RELC stands for Residential Environmental Learning Center, which is an opportunity for students and adults alike to come unplug, spend some extended time in our case within the proverbial walls of Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And it's unique in the sense that our participants are spending three to five days immersed in this environment. So as opposed to a day program, they're staying in dorms, eating in our dining hall, participating in campfires, connecting with each other, as well as exploring the natural world to connect across all those facets. And this is mainly during the school year? Yeah, so our programming is unique in that we offer programming year-round. Nice. So during the school year, we have school groups. This primarily tends to be fifth grade and seventh grade is kind of how it lands. But it really spans all the way from fourth grade through college and beyond. And then in the summer, we offer a variety of summer camp programs, which targets ages four to 94. So we have family camps happening, we have discovery camps, backpacking trips, and then experiences such as Naturalist Week, which targets our adult audience, 
and gives them the opportunity to come explore. And we kind of tag that as like adult summer camp. So it's an experience that can happen in all four seasons, which is exciting. Yeah. And you're a nonprofit, yes? We are. Yep. So we are in a unique position here. We are located within Great Smoky Mountains National Park, but we are not park staff. We don't work for the National Park Service. We are a nonprofit partner that works alongside the park. So do work with rangers, programming sometimes together, but we are our own separate entity there. Gotcha. And you are the manager of the teacher network and your position is quite unique as well. So how so? Yeah. So something I love coming into this position, I started as a traditional classroom teacher for about 12 years. So always was super fascinated with authentic teaching and learning experiences, giving kids the opportunity to explore, be curious, ask questions, explore those questions. But I always felt like a piece was missing for me and that I love the outdoors. I believe that like this connection to place and this opportunity for experiential learning is, is essential for all of us, regardless of our age or position. And so learning about Tremont and the work that's happening at environmental education centers really spoke to me. And so had this opportunity to, to be in this really unique position where I both get to teach still. I think a lot of times when you leave that classroom setting, you no longer are a teacher. And I love that I still have a foot in that space, but also have the chance to work with teachers outside of just Tremont. So we believe, I believe that you don't necessarily need a mountain or this beautiful stream with boulders strewn throughout it to establish a connection to place and make meaning out of your space. And so we try to connect our work back into local schoolyards and local communities to help people establish that sense of place wherever they might be and see the magic that lies right outside their own door. So the other side of my work, besides having the opportunity to teach here, is working with teachers to help them uncover that potential within their schoolyards and help that set them up for success for when they're in those spaces, they can facilitate these experiences with their kiddos. Obviously, every schoolyard is very different, but what are some of those opportunities available to us in schoolyards? Yeah. So at first glance, you might look out into what feels like a field of fescue and be like, what <laughs> could I possibly do right. um, in this space with kids? And giving yourself the permission to pause, maybe get down on your hands and knees and just observe you'll see life starting to team all around you. So flipping over a rock, we might find some slugs living under there, looking at the wildflowers that are, that are planted across and around the building, seeing some pollinators emerge. There are trees in the schoolyard, so seeing what life is, is teeming there. Maybe there's some lichen growing on that tree that we can investigate. But it also can go beyond just the sciences and give us a chance to connect with both each other and ourselves by establishing this sense of place. So engaging in activities where you are making those connections with that space, you are finding things that speak to you, you're asking good questions, you're working with each other to facilitate discussion is equally as important as, you know, taking out a field guide and identifying the species that you're observing. Right. Talking with Green Teachers is produced by Green Teacher, a registered charity in Canada that has been enhancing environmental education since 1986. By taking out a subscription, you can join our global network of passionate environmental educators, receive each issue of our quarterly magazine, and gain exclusive access to our vast archive of webinars and magazine-back issues.
All proceeds go back into the organization to support our vision of helping each successive generation of young learners become more environmentally literate than the last. To learn more, visit greenteacher.com. Closing your eyes, you empty your mind and allow it to connect with the sounds all around you. Largely spring peepers and white-throated sparrows adding their voices to a spell-binding tapestry of sound. So we're going to do something a little differently in this episode. We're not just going to ask questions and answer. We're actually going to simulate a virtual experience. So you help teachers across the U.S. connect through your schoolyard network. And we are going to simulate a virtual call here today. So we're essentially going to switch roles. You are going to take the virtual baton. I'm going to act as the participating educator. So the floor is yours. Awesome. Yeah. So like you mentioned, one way that we connect with teachers outside of just this like local and regional space is through our schoolyard network, which is a monthly virtual get together community of practice where teachers who are trying to get kids outside have a space to come together and be with other like-minded individuals trying to do the same. I know speaking personally, it can sometimes feel isolating that you're like, I'm the only one doing this, you know, on my grade level or within this building. Right. And so having this space and time reserved to connect with other people, ask those questions that sometimes are feeling trickier that you're trying to grapple with, celebrate successes that you're having. It's this really unique and special space that can offer that. So I thought it would be fun if we kind of worked through, went through what this looks like. So to start, we always, you know, do a welcome. And one piece of that welcome that is really true to Tremont, whether it's virtual or in person, is we encourage us to pause, encourage each other to pause and to really be where our feet are. So there's all this noise that can be swirling in our outside world and our periphery. And giving ourselves the permission to take a moment, to pause, to check in with ourselves, and to ground ourselves in this place and in this time. So as we find ourselves in this moment, I just wanna invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable. You can safely do so if you're not driving in a car. And we'll continue to connect to this place with our five senses. We're gonna start with our sense of sound. So I encourage you to see if you can locate five different sounds around you in this place and in this time. And as you're listening, you can keep track by silently counting on your fingers. You can also just keep track in your minds. We're just gonna take a moment to connect with sound. And as we continue to work through our senses, open your eyes and we're going to move to sight so looking around what colors are you noticing what textures things that are around you in this space trying to connect with four things that we see and as we continue to connect we're now going to connect with our sense of touch so trying to find three things that you can feel, it could be textures at your feet, could be the air around you, the pencil in your hand. See if you can identify three things that you can feel in this place. And moving on to our sense of smell, trying to find two smells in this space, connecting with that sense. 
And then lastly, we're gonna hone in on our sense of taste. So perhaps it's coffee you drank this morning, the taste of toothpaste remaining in your mouth. Focusing on one sense of taste. And as your body wakes back up, we look around our spaces kind of with this new sense of this new experience. Just curious how that felt for you to participate in that mindful moment. I always appreciate mindful moments very much. It always starts for me with my feet. And I love doing it outside, especially with bare feet. Right now I'm inside, but I am on a hardwood floor, so I can feel the floor underneath my feet. And when I focused on it, I recognized that it's much cooler than I had thought beforehand and it's very soothing i very much enjoy it <laughs> awesome so yeah for me i was finding myself connecting to the texture of my clothes we just got back from a hike out to our waterfall and it is 95 degrees here today so it was Ooh. really really finding that sensation emerging <laughs> no kidding so neat so yeah i'm just curious to hear you know, from our perspective, engaging in this mindful moment gives you permission to be in this space, to be in this time and let go and release all the things that maybe have been noise for you throughout the day or throughout the week, um, or potentially since the last time we connected. So giving ourselves permission to be present and to just, just focus on, on where we're at and with each other. Great. So after we do a mindful moment, we have the opportunity for teachers to put on the hat of learner. And this is something that might be unique to professional learning experiences for teachers. It might be something new. I really believe that us as educators, we go into this field because we have this love for learning, this innate curiosity. And something happens at some point where we feel this expectation to shift from learner to knower, that we move into this position of educator and we think there's an expectation that we know all the answers that we don't say, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'll have to look that up or I want to find out more about that. And so having the chance to put that learner hat on intentionally and practice that then gives the chance to reconnect with that part of you that might be missing otherwise, or that you may not have felt free to experience as you have explored yourself as a teacher. So today we are going to engage in an activity together called my new best friend. And anytime we're in a new space, whether it's a new environment or with a new group of people, it's always nice to make a new friend. Of course. And so we're going to do that together today. So my new best friend is going to work like this. In just a moment, we will each pause and we're going to head outside or potentially just in the space where you're at. And you're going to try to find something that you connect with. And if you're outside, that could be a leaf, that could be a tree, that could be a mushroom growing from the forest floor. It could also be a vibe. It could be the breeze that's passing through the canopy. It could be a cloud that's passing overhead in the sky. But something that just really speaks to you, that just calls your attention to it. And that is going to be your new best friend. And with that new best friend, you're going to spend a few moments just connecting. So maybe that looks like sketching your new best friend out in a journal. Maybe that means making a mental movie of what you're feeling and experiencing with your new best friend. Whatever strategy works best for you for engaging with that new best friend, use that. You know yourself best. 
Once you've spent some time getting to know your new best friend, you're then going to make two lists. Again, this could be in a journal. This could be using words or pictures or numbers. And you're going to make one list that are all the similarities between you and your best friend. And then your other lists are going to be all your differences between you and your best friend. Because as you make new friends, like you want to get to know each other a little more. What are the ways that we're the same? What are the ways that we're different? Some of those things might be literal, like I have a life cycle and this being has a life cycle. Some of it might be more figurative, like this tree is in this period of growth. I'm also in a period of growth in my own life. And so it's really how your brain best works and interacts. It could be more figurative. It could be more literal. Once we've spent some time, we'll spend about, you know, 10 minutes getting to know our new best friend. We'll come back and we're going to share in a really specific way. So if you're with other folks, hold back from being like, my new best friend was this thing or this experience, because we're going to share those in a really, really specific way. What questions do you have about my new best friend? That all sounds great. So animate or inanimate objects, totally acceptable. Yep. Whoever speaks to you. All right. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Let's go find our friend. All right. (laughs) Hey, it's Ian. I'm just letting you know that a subscription to Green Teacher also includes access to our massive and fast-growing archive of 500-plus ready-to-use activities, lesson plans, and articles. The recording of each new webinar goes into the archive, too, and there are 125 of those and counting. To save you time, Everything is organized by topic and age group. Learn more by visiting greenteacher.com slash subscribe. We also have special rates available for bulk orders from your school, board, district, faculty of ed, or organization. As always, all proceeds go back into the nonprofit. It occurs to you that the wetland from which the peepers are calling must be devoid of fish. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any peepers in it. You'll verify that tomorrow. All right, so we are back, and we are now going to debrief from our session. So would you like me to start? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as we went, we made these new best friends. Would love for you to just share what were those similarities and differences you found, and then I'm going to try to guess who your new best friend might have been, and we'll flip-flop roles. I'll read you my similarities and differences, and we'll see if you can guess who my new best friend was. I love it. Okay. So my new best friend, similarities, busy, industrious, perceptive and mindful, attracted to flowers, social, and frequently found in gardens. Those are similarities. So as for differences, hairy all over, six legs, (laughs) black and yellow coloration. I'm giving this one away. (laughs) Antennae. Active during the warm season, carrying pollen baskets on my hind legs, and I can fly. Mm, I love that. Was your new best friend potentially a bee? Yes, it was. It was a bumblebee feeding on some beautiful bergamots. Oh, that's amazing. I always love a good bee sighting. Oh, yes. All right. So my new best friend, our similarities were that we both have a life cycle. We both feel our best when we are outside. We're both made of cells. We both change colors. My new best friend changes color in the fall. I change color when I'm feeling a bit embarrassed. And we both have language. So my first language is English. 
and my new best friend uses inner workings of chemical signals to communicate. Differences. My new best friend drops after one season. I so far have made it beyond one season. <laughs> my new best friend has a shape that's similar to what some might call like cat's ears. My shape is human. And this friend falls off the main part of their body. And so far I am fully intact. Okay. So I have to guess which type of leaf this is on a deciduous woody plant. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Shape of a cat's ears. I'm going to say some sort of ash tree. Mm, close. It is actually the leaf of a tulip poplar. Oh, I love those. One of my favorites. Which I had to choose to represent our little state tree of Tennessee. Yes. <laughs> And they do look like cat's yeah. ears. I like that. They do, yeah. I thought if I said they were the shape of a tulip flower, potentially that would uh, be a little too leading, but probably would have been helpful. Yeah, that might give it away a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, so thanks for engaging in that. Would love to hear, like, you know, having that chance to put on that hat of learner to experience this activity firsthand, as opposed to us just talking through the steps. What did that feel like for you? How did that change the experience as opposed to doing it as like a presentation style? Yeah, I think it opens up a lot more opportunity to really get to know whatever it is that you're looking at. In this case, the new best friend. So I was looking at a bee and rather than just delivering to a learner okay this is a bumblebee it dot 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 you know listing things off it invites really getting to know something like okay what characterizes this creature physically and why is that i liken it to doing field sketching and doing field notebooking because you really have to watch and observe as opposed to just record what you think you know like i think mm. i know what a sugar maple tree is like and i i do i mean i can rhyme off a bunch of facts about it sure but what about this individual maple tree that we're looking at right now how does it interact with its surroundings what do i not know about it that i want to still know and i feel like having this open-ended inquiry-based activity allows for just a lot more and deeper seeing mm. yeah it amazes me you know, engaging in this multiple times, how you do, you uncover more and more about that new best friend and really about yourself as well. It's interesting to hear the things that emerge for you as what those similarities are. Like, what are the things you lean into more naturally? And what are those differences you lean into naturally? And then through that act of sharing, like you learn about each other. So are we thinking about this thing, this being in a metaphorical sense or being very literal with our similarities and differences. Sure. Maybe some things emerge about your partner. You're getting to know them on a deeper level than what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Some of those more traditional icebreaker kind of questions. Yeah. Field guide facts. Yeah. Yeah. Wh which are valid. I mean, not this isn't anti-field guide. I've got lots of field guides, trust me, but it, Same. you're right. There, <laughs> There is a deeper level beneath the what it eats, how long it lives, how long it mates for, all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like a different layer of knowing. So it's absolutely wonderful to know those facts and like what are some other ways that we can get to know each other and, and those beings a little bit differently. And it's really fun just like how we just engage in that every time we do an activity such as this, it's always exciting to hear what other people pull out the things that speak to them. 
And it's also fun to see teachers put on that hat of learner and have those aha moments and those like sparks that we all have within us. And sometimes just, Mm -hmm. we just need practice releasing them and practice using them. And an example I think about is we were doing a teacher workshop earlier this summer and doing an activity similar to my new best friend where you had to go out and you had to use a bug box to try to, to catch a little sample of something. And this partnership of teachers, they, they caught a dragonfly and they were so excited about this dragonfly and they sat with the dragonfly and they sketched the dragonfly. They're getting to know it better and better. And then at the end of that knowing it's like, okay, now use the field guide, identify who you have in your bug box. Yeah. So they get the dragonfly and damselfly field guide. They're looking through it. They're so excited. And then you see this facial expression shift from like excitement to like, I feel perplexed because as they're working through the dragonfly section of the field guide, they're like, these wings are not quite matching who I have in my bug box. Like this is making me wonder more and ask more questions. And they're flipping through and they realize that they actually have a damselfly and not a dragonfly. And it was this authentic learning aha moment, uncovering your own misconceptions, grappling through those misconceptions in a real way that then allows you to put yourself in the position of learner that your kids might be experiencing. What were the strategies I leaned on to help me work through this misconception? How can I support my students and like engaging through that same process? So it was really fun to watch them grapple through that and watch them work like think they knew one thing and then through exploration and and uncovering, they were able to to teach themselves something new. And it's so useful going through that process because the process is much like going through a story where you're experiencing different emotions as you go. Mm -hmm. And as we know, what goes into the long-term memory is that which is connected to emotions. So if you have those emotions of intrigue and suspense and then confusion and then aha, that is going to stay with you so much longer. Absolutely. Yeah. It was really fun to observe and to hear just them debrief that experience as well and and how that was impactful for them. For sure. So yeah, thanks for engaging with that. So in our traditional schoolyard network format, we always then think about how could we actually apply this kind of activity, this kind of learning inside the four walls or outside, if we're breaking from four walls to no walls, like how can we use this in our spaces? And so I'd love to hear from you. Did anything come up for you as you were doing that of like, gosh, like this is how I could use this with kids or this is how I could use this in like more of an educational setting? Yeah, I think my mind goes right back to doing field sketching and field notebooks and trying to move away from just listing the number of species that you see. Because on one hand, it's very difficult for everyone to know, I think, all the insects, other invertebrates and plants. Some people do and great working on it myself, but (laughs) there are a lot of insects. There are a lot of plants. I think a lot of people can learn the vertebrates relatively quickly, but insects, other invertebrates, plants, just so much more. So I think this kind of activity is super useful for just getting to know your local patch. And even a semi-manicured lawn Mm -hmm. can have a pretty remarkable biodiversity of plants and invertebrates. And this kind of activity, I think, could open a lot of people's eyes to the fact that your lawn is not just one species of plant and particularly in the warm season well not just in the warm season i mean you see more flying and crawling invertebrates in the warm season but if you start digging mm-hmm. during the shoulder season when it's cooler you start to understand how much lives in the soil and how much is burrowing and hibernating in the soil so i feel like this would really work 
for just getting to know your local patch, like really, really, really local. And this comes mm-hmm. back to the schoolyard. Going yeah. out to the schoolyard, even if it's just a tiny section of lawn or a tiny section of soil, I think this can be so valuable in that kind of setting. Yeah. And as you were talking, it made me think about how, you know, it's this one patch of your schoolyard and, and really your classroom is like a metaphorical patch of your schoolyard. You have, you don't have a monoculture sitting in front of you. And so also I think like how school is starting soon or in July. So teachers are starting to think about getting to know their new class and what a fun way to maybe uncover some deeper meaning getting to know your students and them helping to build culture and community across one another, then getting outside, connecting with place, connecting with a specific being in that space and therefore getting to know each other as well. Yeah. Hi there. You might recognize my voice from such podcasts as the one you're listening to right now. Speaking of podcasts, Green Teacher is involved in another one. It's called Earthy Chats and... You know what? How about I let my co-host, Jade Harvey Barrel, tell you the rest? Take it away, Jade. Thanks, Ian. Hello, all. Indeed, we'd love for you to join us for Earthy Chats, our new podcast where we've come together to spend time picking the brains of the brightest and best in environmental education. Like busy bees, we'll be cross-pollinating ideas across our range of interests and knowledge bases to give you the inside scoop on what's new, who's doing it, and how you can do it too. All of the experts featured on the show have resources available Canada-wide in the Outdoor Learning Store. That's Canada's non-profit outdoor resource store. You can check out the range of educator and student resources available at www.outdoorlearningstore.ca. So whether you're a teacher, educator, parent, or just a general nature geek, there'll be something for you to sink your teeth into. Did I cover everything there, Ian? Definitely. Thanks, Jade. So yeah, Earthy Chats. Check it out on your favorite podcast app. The white-throated sparrows really are in impressive numbers right now. You remind yourself to enjoy them, because these migrants won't be here for long. We talked a bit about regenerative education as we were conceptualizing this episode. What's the connection to that? Mm-hmm. So something it's something we've been talking a lot about at Tremont is how does this work go beyond just that experience in isolation? How can we continue to generate excitement and enthusiasm? How can we continue to generate curiosity outside of just that 20 minutes that you're spending with my new best friend? Right. And it's definitely a question we're still so grappling with, but I do think opportunities such as this, you're building energy that then goes beyond just my new best friend. You're building energy that translates into community across the school year. You're building energy where where kids are having the opportunity to see their teacher as learners, see their teacher be curious, see their teacher ask questions, which then can be really contagious and, and potentially impact the way they see themselves as adults, that you don't have to move from learner to knower, that you can always have questions and always be growing and developing. So really just trying to think about how we can use something as simple as my new best friend to generate that energy and that perpetual forward momentum with our environment, with each other, with ourselves. So the regeneration aspect of regenerative learning is really 
regenerating the inspiration and the motivation to continue forward, to grow as a learning community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Anything else you want to add before we finish up our session? No, I think just as you did, like being vulnerable and leaning in, being willing to engage in it yourself, partner up with one of your students, share your similarities and differences with who your new best friend was, can not only help you connect with your schoolyard and your place, but also just establish that sense of community. I think we all are yearning for, you know, inside and outside of education. That's very well put. A beautiful note to end off on. Thank you so much, Annie, for taking us through that experience. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for hopping in fully with me. As the sounds continue to waft over you like a warm golden light, you become aware of a cool, almost wet sensation under your right foot. It's a slug. Resisting the urge to flick it away, you intentionally pause to observe it closely. What a truly fascinating creature. It might just be your new best friend. Talking with Green Teachers is co-hosted by Ian Shanahan and me, Sofia Vargasnesi. Ian is the show's writer and editor. Logo design is by Devin Terian. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or iTunes to get instant access to each new episode. If you really like the show, give us a rating too. We can also be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us in this episode. We'll chat again soon. Tremont, like a tree Tremont. and a mountain. Yep, okay. Tremont. Yep. Tremont. That is a good thing. If I was pronouncing it incorrectly for the entire time, that would be really embarrassing. Yeah, we can so spell it phonetically if that's helpful. Yeah, Tremont. Put that double E in there. Yeah. Yeah.